When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Party people, it's Ashley of singlewomanchronicles.com, where being single is a beautiful choice rather than a miserable circumstance. I'm tired, y'all. I, my week did not end. I have been working every day since Thursday. I'm tired, and I think I sprained my back, like, just from standing. Like, for those who don't know, I do hair, so, like, it's very taxing. And I know a lot of people complain about hairstylists because you know, all the fees associated. Um, I'm not one of those people who be like doing the most with the fees, but I don't think people realize how taxing doing hair is on the body. And then when you add that with aging, I be tired. So yeah, um, I have a topic today. I was going back and forth on what to name this, but whatever. I'm gonna touch on some things and y'all just gonna vibe with me. So, um, I went through a training last week for Pastor Darius Daniels Change Change Church, and the um, boot camp was on. I'm tired, y'all. Gotta bear with me. I'm falling asleep. That's <laughs> why all the ums and ah, whatever. But um, the training was on unleashing your calling, and it really just helps to get your mindset right. And honestly, I believe in life. Well, I know for sure that if you don't have your mindset right, you cannot accomplish things. And that's spiritually, relationally, physically, financially, all of those things. If your mind ain't right first, you're not going to be able to accomplish things, right? So as we know, I've been single for a long, long time. When folks be talking about how long they be single, I just really be like, that's it. <laughs> that That's it. Like that's that's slight word. A year, that ain't nothing. Two, so three, all right, cool, but still, like, you alright. Cause I've been single for like five years and some change. So and I do not count situationships in between where it was a failed dating stage. You tried to talk to somebody and it just didn't pan out. I don't count scenarios where like you were talking to somebody, you thought it was serious, and then in a month's time, two months' time, something went wrong where you realized that the person they presented to you was a representative and then you met the actual person and you like, yeah, I'm not, I didn't sign up for this person. I signed up for the representative. If you can bring them back, then we can rock. But if you don't, then we can no longer rock and your contract has been torn up and thrown in the trash and set on fire and your probationary period is over in which I am now single again and so are you. Okay, you feel me? So, 
yeah, I've been single for five years. To be honest, I've never been in a long, like really long term relationship. My longest relationship was a year. Um, and that was pretty, I mean, long, you know, but just for someone who's 32, typically they have more experience in relationships and I just don't. And so, you know, I go on this roller coaster from time to time thinking like, is there something wrong with me? Is there, could I be prettier? Could I be nicer? Can I be funnier? Could I be more glamorous? Could I be slimmer? Would that bring them and blah, 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 blah. But one thing I realized, and I just really want to point this out because I think especially after anything fails, if there's like a failed dating stage, for example, and a person ghosts you, as a woman, our first thought is, what did I do? What's wrong with me? So from doing hair, I speak to a lot of women of different shapes, sizes, socioeconomic classes, um, different tax brackets, the most glamorous of the glam to the most modest, a humble, really chill, maybe tomboy, like whatever. Bro, we all go through the same thing. Like chicks with BBLs, chicks without them. Chicks who's thick, chicks who ain't. Chicks with big boobs, chick, chicks with flat chest. Like we literally all go through the same thing. So I'm saying that to say we have to stop asking. Now you do want to look inward, but at the same time, you don't want to sit in that and internalize that there's something wrong with you and start creating those thoughts. Because when you create those thoughts, your thoughts turn to emotions and those emotions manifest themselves into personality traits and defense mechanisms. And then you all messed up, right? So realizing that all women of different shapes, different sizes, different, you know, glam to the humble, to the modest, whatever. We all go through the same things. When a dude does something stupid, that is a him issue. We have to understand that. Okay. Like we have men out here who rap, you know, I love Drake. I like futures music. I don't like him as a person or what I see him in the media as, but you hear all of this stuff like, oh, I'm not wifing you. You're not Aisha enough or, oh, this and that. You got to be a dime or you got to be this. Or recently, um, what's his name? Homeboy said that he got engaged to his chick because she had a low body count. But he got like three, four baby mamas. It's just like the math ain't math. Ain't. But I'm saying all this to say we have to stop pointing the finger at us when something doesn't work out because of them. And I'm saying that because when people, the way people move and the way they treat you is nine times, 9.9 times out of 10, a character trait, right? So for example, being consistent is a character trait. This is someone who's disciplined. This is someone who has accomplished things. This is someone who has worked at consistency. So they know how to be consistent. You can't stop someone from being consistent with you where they just say, I'm just going to throw my hands up and just ghost this person. If they're actually, if they have good character and they're good at being consistent, that's because they want to. It's typically not something you did. Now, sometimes it could be something you did, but typically a person with good character, they're going to let you know, Hey, I don't like that you did that. 
I'm going to show you grace and I'm going to do, you know, here, there, whatever. But you shouldn't internalize things. And I see that in so many people, women especially, because we're constantly being told that we're the problem. We need to do this and we need to do that. And we're constantly being victim shamed. And it's just like, bruh, but I ain't do nothing. Cheating is the greatest example. Like, oh, women of different shapes, sizes get cheated on. Uh, listen, a dude can literally sit there and tell you, I want a chick that's 5'5", five, five, with brown eyes, long hair, with a little bit of curl to it. I want her to work at this job, and I want her to be very submissive but very kind and kind but still strong at the same time he gets that girl that's five five with brown eyes with the long hair with a slight curl to it who's slightly submissive and she's like everything he wants plus more and will still cheat now don't come for my bag talking about what women do my blog is called single woman chronicles which means in the title that I'm speaking to women because I've been a woman my whole life, so I'm only speaking from my experiences. Yes, it's always both sides, but my calling is to talk to women, so that's who I'm speaking to right now. So what I'm saying is, this be it male or female, if a person cheats on you, uh, most of the time, I'm going to say 100% of the time, it's a character issue. Has nothing to do with what you did. You couldn't have been prettier and prettier. You couldn't have been you know, smarter, gave them more space, did X, Y, and Z and made them not cheat. No, they cheated because they wanted to. That's a character trait. They lack discipline. They want instant gratification. They probably have insecurities. So they want to, they're probably egotistical. So they want to stroke their egos with another woman. Like, so we have to stop internalizing things because what happens when you internalize things and every time something goes wrong in a relationship or in dating, you point the finger inward, you start to basically form this idea in your mind that I am unlovable. I am not good enough. I have to settle for whatever's left over because if I don't, I'm going to be alone forever. I'm speaking from experience. Okay, I said all this to get to the point of this episode, which is I realize why I'm single. <laughs> like, I truly realize why I'm single, which um, I say this uh, quite often, but I'm just growing deeper because, listen, when you're single and you're like dating intentionally and you're not out here dating from a place of loneliness, dating from a place of brokenness, trying to fill a void, dating for instant gratification. You're not doing none of that. You literally, when you date, you're dating with the purpose that leads to marriage. You have a lot of time to sit with yourself because ain't a lot of prospects out there. We out here really picking from the dumpster, okay? So just in sitting in this, it just took me a long time to unpack and to unlearn all of the awful mindsets that I developed along my journey from childhood up until now because I kept internalizing rejection. I kept internalizing when the guy left me and then ended up with this girl who looked a certain way. So I'm like, oh, if I look like her, then he would have stayed with me. And, and Or when the guy didn't pick me and we were in a situation and he said, I don't want to be in a relationship, but the with you was silent. Like, <laughs> and ended up being with this person and I'm comparing myself over there, but this is just constantly internalizing 
Like there's something wrong with you. You aren't good enough. If you were this enough, then you would get that person. And I just had to snap out of it and just be like, bro, you've been selling yourself short. That's why you single. You really been selling yourself short. So this is how it began. Um, each time I got knocked down, got rejected, let me, let me go to a spiritual thing. I was listening to Pastor Darius James, as you guys hear me talk about him a lot, because I love him. But he was just talking about how the enemy typically bites you in the area that he, that God wants to use. I'm going to say that again. The enemy typically bites you in the area that God wants to use. So for example, if God wants to use you in your finances, the enemy is going to bite you in your finances. So you're probably going to have to battle brokenness, right? A lot of people like Dave Ramsey, Steve Harvey, Tyler Perry were homeless and broke at one point, but now they're like millionaires, billionaires, right? Um, people like me, the area God wants to use me in is dating and relationships, self-worth, self-esteem. I've been bitten in that area the most in my life, like starting from age four up until now, like I'm constantly having to battle that, right? So when you find an area that you feel like you have the toughest time in, that's probably what God wants to use. And that's probably what the enemy is trying to kill, steal, and destroy. So really pay attention to that. So I internalized it so much that I developed a mindset. I internalized that there was something wrong with me. I have to really state this. And that I must not be good enough to date certain men because I kept getting rejected so much that I formed the idea and the identity that whatever I was offered was all that I could get. And it was so bad that even times when I was offered more, I told myself, I can't get this, even though this person is going after me, that's a good, of good quality that I shouldn't even aim for that because I couldn't even keep the dude of low quality. How the heck I'm going to keep the guy of high quality. So I was self-sabotage negative, think my way out of those situations and totally reject them. And it wasn't until like later in life where I actually reconnected to some of those guys. And they were just like, honestly, I did like you. I did want to talk to you, but you seem like you didn't want that. And I was only seeming like that because I was trying to avoid rejection because for me, I'm like, you're going to leave anyway. So I might as well ruin it on my terms <laughs> then give you the chance to leave me first. Like, no, I already did that. We're not doing that no more. Right. So when I say that I'm single, cause I've been selling myself short. Um, I mean, because it's just different levels. Right. So I'm going to speak on, um, the, just practical mental level. So when you're dating, you want to date someone who you can be intimate with. Now I'm not talking about intimacy on a physical level. I'm talking about the fullness of intimacy, right? So I got my phone and I've been looking up intimacy. There are four types of intimacy. There's emotional intimacy, intellectual intimacy, experiential intimacy, and spiritual intimacy intimacy. Emotional intimacy is the ability to be vulnerable with somebody and share your emotions and be in a safe space. Intellectual intimacy is when you guys can literally talk about different subjects. 
and you guys can literally talk about different subjects. I'm sorry, my phone ringing. Like, I don't even know if that sound went through. Lord. Anyway, <laughs> you see the enemy trying to bite me, how God trying to use me. Anyway, but intellectual intimacy is when you guys connect just on like a mental level, like intellectually, y'all on the same page. You got common sense. This person got common sense. You talk about politics. This person talk about politics. Even if y'all don't know the same amount of information, y'all can share it and y'all are interested in one another, right? Experiential, experiential intimacy is when you guys gain those experiences. You go out of town together, you go to different places together, you start to get inside jokes, you know, things of that nature. And then spiritual intimacy is when you guys, it's not necessarily like have the same religion, but you guys can enjoy things that God created together. Like you can enjoy the sunset. You guys can walk on the beach and look at the ocean and be like, this is wonderful. You look outside the window, you see a beautiful bird coming and singing and flying and you're like, oh my God, it's so dope. God did that. You know what I mean? So all of these levels of intimacy, right? So for me, when I was dating, I wasn't dating for intimacy. And again, when I say intimacy, I'm talking the spiritual, emotional, intellectual, and experiential. I wasn't dating for that. I was dating to fill a void. So everyone that I was dating the only thing in my mind was, are they going to fill this void and stay for a long period of time, right? And so when you think like that, you're missing out on those four things. Like, I don't know if this person's intellectual. I don't know if they're emotional. I don't know if they're, we can share the same experiences. We definitely not on the same spirituality, but I don't care because my goal is, I'm only thinking about, can you fill this void? Are you going to stay? I need you here because you're feeling my brokenness. You're you're the instant gratification to my brokenness. And I need you right here, right now for this situation, right? So I'm like constantly in that. And so when you develop that type of cycle, old heart, what do they what do they say? Um, old habits die hard. It's very, very hard to break those kinds of cycles. You literally have to snatch yourself because even when you grow to know better, it's still hard to do better. You don't just automatically do better. Like knowledge and application is two different things. You have to learn, you have to unlearn, relearn, then apply. You hear what I'm saying? In order to break a cycle, you got to unlearn it. Realize why you are doing it. Unlearn it, right? Two relearn the proper way of doing things and then three apply it and the application part is where most of us fail because we really be knowing but it's just so hard to do something different it's so hard to do something different okay all right <laughs> like it's like someone i'm trying to think of a great analogy of it it's like learning how I, I guess it would be kind of like learning how to brush your teeth in a different way like say you always brush your teeth from left to right and then someone comes in and they tell you the only way to really get what you need to get is you got to brush your right to left like you're gonna be like but my I've been doing this my whole life so you're gonna bump your head most of the time you're because you're gonna keep doing the default thing but in order to break the cycle you have to cognitively <laughs> Tell yourself, I'm doing it this way now. And you're going to keep bumping your heads until eventually it's going to work. 
And I read this book called The 5 a.m. Club, and it said that change is messy in the beginning. Well, no, it's hard in the change is hard in the beginning, messy in the middle, and beautiful in the end. But you got to get through hard, then messy, and then the beauty comes. You heard what I said? You got to get through hard, then messy, then beautiful. I would think the hard and messy about the same, but hard, messy, and <laughs> like beautiful. You know what I mean? So. Then when you have a relationship with God, and then when you really out here praying, you really out here being obedient to Christ, you really out here like, look, God, I really want you to send me this person. I want you to do this for me. I want you to grant me this prayer. The issue with that is <laughs> when you mess with God, if he can't put his name on it because you are really his chosen child, he not going to give it to you. So what I'm saying is if you meet somebody, and they trash. And you've been praying to God, I want this person that's of quality. You can't expect God to bless the trash when you pray for him to him for quality. So guess what he going to do? He going to allow that relationship to fail because he said, well, you told me you wanted quality, but this person is trash. So I can't bless that. I can't put my name on that. I'm sorry, daughter. Can't put my name on the twine. Can't put my name on Tyrone and them. I'm sorry to all men name this. These are just the same, the, the first names to come to mind. But what I'm saying is don't get mad at God when he doesn't bless your mess because he can't put his name on that because that will make him not a good God. Cause like he like, I see what you don't see. The twin be up in the club filling on girls booties and stuff. And the twin telling you that he going to sleep or going to Bible study, but the twin really over at Keisha house. So I'm not blessing that relationship with him. So go ahead and pick your little stuff up and keep on praying. And I'm gonna send you that quality when you realize what quality is. See, a lot of us got to realize what quality is in order for us to get quality. For me, <laughs> for me, because my focus was a very shallow focus because I wasn't looking for the four areas of intimacy. I was only looking to fill a void and to fill that void. That connection is super shallow because that connection is super quick because we both looking for something from, from one, from one another. Typically the guy looking for attention and, and sex with me and me, I'm just looking for attention and a false sense of stability from him. Cause I'm thinking he going to stay right. But when you really think about what quality is, somebody can hit that can hit those four levels of intimacy. Think about it. A person that y'all talk all day and you never run out of things to talk about because y'all got that intellectual intimacy. Then you have a bad day and you come on home to him. And you crying and he looks at, you ain't even crying. You walk in and you got a look on your face and he look at you and he already know something wrong with you because y'all got that emotional intimacy. And he shares with his, you his emotional vulnerability as well. Cause it ain't, mm -mm, it ain't one not giving to, no, y'all both doing that, right? Then spiritual intimacy, you wake up, y'all watch the sunrise together and you like, oh my God, look what God did. And he said, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And then y'all can go to different events and party together and have a fun time together. And ain't no hateration or holleration in this dancery. Think about that. That's quality. 
That's quality. You got to understand what quality is first before God can send it to you because you got to be able to discern it. And that's been my issue. I was out here thinking that these counterfeits were quality, but they were not quality. They were counterfeits. So it took me a long, long time to start unlearning what my definition of quality was because my definition was a worldly definition because guess what the Bible says? God does not judge by the physical appearance. He judges by the heart. Baby, listen, a man with a good heart going to treat you way better than a man with a whole lot of money. A man with who look real good, who real fine, who smell all good. Now I'm not saying the guy who has a good heart can't be all those things because I believe he can do that too. But what I'm saying is you need to be more focused on his heart posture than his bank account. That's what I'm saying because quality is in the character because all that other stuff, bro, you can fit dude really can't dress like you want him, bro. Once you get that influence and get in there, you can start, you, you can start dressing him how you want him or, or making suggestions or eventually you may not even care. Because after a while, you start loving somebody, you don't care. You fall in love with every part of them. And that little goofy little dressing, you don't care about none of that. He could be a little ashy. You start putting him on your skin routine. I ain't never ashy, okay? Soon as I hit, get up out the shower, I'm going straight to the lotion, okay? And the baby oil. We're out here, okay? Put him on your routine. You know what I mean? So it's just, we got to be focused on what the quality is, okay? The other thing I want to address being unequally yoked. Now, a lot of people have a false sense of what unequally yoked is. They only think about it from a spiritual point of view. But being unequally yoked is more than just spiritual. It's what I spoke about with intimacy. Mental, um, emotional, experiential, and um, that other stuff. I, f I forgot. Why? Just why is the enemy bothering me? Like... <laughs> Siri just popped up like, bro, ain't nobody asked for you. But I just want to give y'all the definition of yoke so y'all understand what I'm talking about. So a yoke is a wooden beam normally used between a pair of oxen and other animals to able to enable them to pull together on a load when working in pairs. So basically, it's like when you have like two donkeys or two bulls and they're yoked together and they're pushing something forward, right? So being unequally yoked is... When you enter in a relationship with somebody that you know ain't going where you going, ain't trying to go where you going, ain't on the same pace as you, don't got the same goals as you, and don't got the same nothing as you. They just look real cute in your pictures, and folks think y'all look good together. Yeah, when you're not... Un uh, when you're unequally yoked, you're not going to get those levels of intimacy fulfilled, which is going to leave you unfulfilled. And you're going to constantly be questioning why you feel lonely when somebody's next to you every single day. Like, wouldn't you want someone who could be yoked up with you? My pastor, Pastor Oliver of Elizabeth Baptist Church, he talked about it like a lot of people, when they're dating, they're always asking the person, okay, what are your intentions for me? Do you want marriage? He said, that's important, but pace is important too. Because if you saying I'm ready to be married right now, but they're saying I'm ready to be married in five years, baby, are you really equally yoked? Because y'all ain't going at the same pace at the same time. So that needs to be talked about. You know what I mean? So pace is important. Goals are important. Level of 
um, I guess determination, just certain things have to align for it to work. It's like that puzzle. Do the pieces go together? Because if they don't, y'all aren't going to have a quality relationship because y'all aren't, it's just not a fit. And that's just what it is. And that could be another reason why I'm single, which I, I can agree to, because I kept trying to force pieces together that didn't belong together. Because a person can be a great person, but not a great person for you. Because you have to understand that everybody just ain't for everybody. I think when we, I think rejection isn't as bad when you start realizing that everybody ain't for everybody. Because it doesn't necessarily mean that you're ugly or that you're not um, smart or funny or and all of these things. It just could be you're not that cup of tea. You're just not a good fit for them in this moment. Y'all could be in two different seasons. So we have to stop internalizing rejection. Because once you internalize rejection, like I said, you develop a mindset that tells you that you are not good enough. And so you start expecting failure in your relationships. You start expecting things not to work out. You start expecting to only have low quality men into your life because you're thinking it. So when you're thinking it, you're telling yourself and you're drawing that to you. We know about manifestation, but that's only biblical as a man thinketh, so he is. So if you keep thinking all of my scenarios are going to fail, this is going to be another failed situation ship. This dude ain't going to be quality. Got to be something wrong with him if he's a good dude. Then that's what's going to happen. So you have to start thinking differently. And the first way to start thinking differently is to stop internalizing rejection. Stop internalizing things and start really sitting with yourself and shifting your mindset. And that goes for everything. That goes even if you're in a relationship right now and the relationship you feel like it's a quality relationship, this is a good person, we're working together, but maybe like our communication isn't good. Maybe there's something going wrong. There's a glitch in the system. Stop thinking, oh, we're going to argue today. Oh, I already know he ain't going to do this. I know he's not going to improve. No, start thinking better. Start thinking like, no, this is going to be the day well, we don't argue. This is going to be the day where he changes. This is going to be the day where he does come to the event that I asked him to come to. So you have to start thinking like that. Start thinking positively. And most of all, start understanding that if you're praying for quality, God is first going to show you what quality is, and then he's going to reveal that quality person to you first. But first, he has to show you and help you to understand that, listen, your version of quality ain't my version. So I'm going to keep letting these situations fail because you're not comprehending what I'm trying to get you to comprehend, okay? So ask yourself, is my version of quality aligned with God's version of quality? Because if I've been out here trying to say Sierra's prayer, it ain't going to work. If you're looking at the physical and stuff on paper and God trying to get you to look at the heart. I hate this narrative that a godly man gotta be unattractive or he stank or he can't dress and all that when that's not true that is not true we see women with men of god who look good i mean russell looks good devon franklin even though him and meg tripping he look good like what are we talking about a lot of the pastors they are attractive people so we have to stop thinking that because when we start thinking that again we are as a man thinking so he is like we are attracting that into our atmosphere and in our space so in a nutshell the reason why i'm single is in my mind because 
I've done the work. I've waited. And honestly, 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 in order to evaluate myself because I'm such an accountable person, I always sit and I ask myself, like, are there any men that you feel like you missed out on because of who you were? Or, and I say were because I'm a different person now. So you feel like there are some opportunities you missed out in relationships for being a certain way. Now, I will say that I was dusty back then, um, very shallow. Um, I played games. Um, I was just a mess. I would say that there were some scenarios that I did miss out on. But not to the extent that I feel like it would have led to marriage or or my forever. Like, I haven't come across my person. Like, those would have been some good flings or some good two-year relationships, some good times, you know. I just feel like I avoided divorce and pregnancy. <laughs> That's all I can say. But, I mean, it would have been fun. Um, and I, I do wish I would have had those scenarios and, and come to this revelation sooner and, you know, did the work sooner, changed sooner, you know, became the highest potential of who I am. But, you know, life be life and, and you know, sometimes it happens and I'm not, I don't regret what I, I mean, I do regret dating some folks. But, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm where I'm supposed to be right now because, I mean, God wrote my story. I didn't, so... That's just how I feel. So, um, like, comment, and share. I know I did a lot of rambling in the beginning because the enemy was trying to bust up my um, podcast. But, yeah, like, comment, and share. Let me know what y'all think. Subscribe. All of that stuff. All right. Bye. America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.